Welcome back, everyone. We're Simply Bitcoin. We break down the news from Twitter, the daily fail, meme review, software releases, hardware releases, and the websites by plebs. Joining us today, fellow Bitcoiner, member of the Swan team, and host of the Down the Rabbit Hole pod, I'm talking about Kaz. He is joining us. But right now, we are diving into the numbers. Let's do it. Number Time is brought to you by Bitcoin 2022. It's going to be the largest Bitcoin conference ever hosted in sunny, sunny Miami Beach, Florida. Chad Saylor is going to speak. President Naim Bukele is going to speak. He's going to make a special announcement. Phil and I are on a panel. Super exciting stuff. Anyways, you can take advantage of the link down below for 10% off your tickets to Bitcoin 2022. At the time of this recording, the block height is 720,385. The Bitcoin price, 36,710. Chain rewrite days, 726. Total public lightning capacity. That looks like a new all-time high, 3,364.8. Moscow time, 2724, and blocks to the happening, 119,615, the numbers. And the block height, bro. Block height. I gave it, the block height. I know, but the block height, <laughs> the reason I like the block height is because it makes an all-time high every day. Every you day. <laughs> it's, it's unlike the Kaka price that continuously lets us down. And the Lightning Network capacity made us believe that it was making an all-time high every day. We're, but it's we're doing down. a pretend pump right now. We're doing like a pretend pump in the, in, in the 30K range, you know? So, it, like, people it, are pretending to be happy. It is a pretend pump, and I feel like there's going to be a lot more blood. <laughs> I feel like this is oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is going down. Um, everyone's pretending. Um, I, I think it's, it's, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, before, before shit hits the fan. But, but I pulled up a video that is going to prepare all you guys for what we believe is to come. <laughs> Uh-oh. We we dude, we're seeing this price. We've been here before. If you've been in if you've been in Bitcoin for a long enough time, you know what this feels like. I don't even need to explain it to you. If you're new, um just make sure you buy diapers for the next couple days. Anyways, uh Abelito Panama posted this video. It's a very very famous video. If you haven't seen it, this is going to make you feel better. If you have seen it, you probably haven't seen it in a while, so it's still going to make you feel better. Anyways, let's give it a play. Bitcoin went from $0.06 cents all the way to $0.36, cents, and then it crashed down to $0.21. Cents. And then another time, Bitcoin went from $0.85 cents all the way to $29, and then it crashed to $3. And then another time, Bitcoin went... All the way to $213, and then it crashed all the way to $70. And then another time, Bitcoin went all the way to $1,100, and then it crashed all the way to $239. So the moral of the story is don't buy Bitcoin, because you know it's going to crash again. And then another time, Bitcoin went all the way to $69,000, and then it crashed down to to be determined. Um, anyways, uh, you guys have any thoughts on that very famous video? It makes me feel better, you know, because it's, it's hard to, like, pay attention to the macro when you're in the flux and you're watching years of salary and future just disappearing, melting in your hands. 
Um, so I watch those videos and it, it makes me feel better. I, you know, I don't know if it's melting necessarily. It's just more like disappearing. Um, but you know what? You'll notice that he was talking about if you're if you're zooming out, you'll notice that he's talking about higher lows. Every single time, every single time, like, you hear how high that low is? Every single time it crashes higher and higher. So, like, Bitcoin is a very interesting, it's a very interesting asset that, that crashes as it goes up. So it, it definitely messes with you psychologically. Um, I did a podcast with uh, Derjiji talking about Bitcoin derangement syndrome, um, specifically because of, because of essentially what happens um, while you're holding, because holding is a lot harder than people think, right? Absolutely. It, it, I, I, right? People think you're just holding an asset, and oh yeah, it's easy, you go about your life, and yes, of course you do go about your life, but, but trust me, there's, there's a lot attached to that holding. No, yeah. it, it especially, makes, especially ahead. in a culture when we're enticed to spend everything. Um, I mean, holding is the complete opposite of everything we have in fiat culture. So just the act of sitting on something for a long period of time and to zoom out that long, I mean, it's, it's not very common. Um, but these are my favorite times in Bitcoin. I mean, when there's blood, I, I was about to tweet yesterday, I hope we go below 30 again. I want to see Michael Saylor uh, in the red. I want to see everybody that bought in off that news uh, who bought in, you know, over a year ago at this point, like in the 30K range, like they're all in the red. All these new Bitcoiners, I want to see them like earn their stripes like we did. And that's that's when you mm -hmm. get to the conviction level of like, okay, this shit's fun now. Like yep. I'm buying it, like I'm buying it below where it was this time last year. Like I'm pretty happy. Mm -hmm. You Ab see? Absolutely. Amen. Amen to that. I, I completely agree. Um that's it's, bullish. It's a hell of a roller coaster. People don't get that ride. it's bullish, but once they get that it's bullish, it becomes even more bullish. <laughs> yeah, no, the, I I completely agree. This is very very bullish stuff, but they don't call it the Bitcoin roller coaster for no reason. Uh, you have to earn your stripes. If you're new here, it's okay. Bitcoin will go up. Um, if you've been here before, you know the drill. Uh, anyways, just stay humble, stack sats, and enjoy the ride. But anyways, Phil, it's time for the daily fail. The Daily Fail is brought to you by Amber App. Check them out, amber.app. It is the easiest way to buy Bitcoin. It's a Bitcoin stacking app by actual Bitcoiners. The link is down below. Amber, the smart way to stack sets. All right. So for the fail today, we are going to dive into a... Um, there was a tweet by uh, another uh, another news outlet. It, was also it also came out on Reuters, essentially. Um that the IMF executive board um, is asking that El Salvador, you know, kind of step back from Bitcoin being legal tender. OK, now I will also preface or preface this, as Nico likes to say, um, with there were people in one of the threads that was saying that, oh, this is fake news. The IMF didn't really you know, come out with this. Now, Reuters also, like I said, came out with this article. Um, but then Nico was kind enough to share this in our in our Telegram chat that the IMF, you know, the actual IMF release itself. So without further ado, because the Reuters article is is naked, there, there, there's almost nothing in it. So we're going to dive into the actual IMF release. And we're also going to tie in something else that's really interesting that isn't talked about very much in Bitcoin. And I, I don't know how many of us are really aware of this, but I, I believe, anyways, you'll see, I, I think that there's a, another money printer. 
anyways, at a different level. But I digress, and we'll see if uh, we'll see if we could show that. Okay, let's dive into this whole IMF mess with asking them to uh, ask El Salvador to backtrack their their Bitcoin um, their, their Bitcoin as legal tender status. Let's go. Okay, so. Here are the IMF notes. The pandemic interrupted 10 years of growth, but El Salvador is rebounding quickly. Robust external demand, resilient remittances. Interesting. Interesting, right? <laughs> and a sound management of the pandemic. And this is, this is one of my favorite parts. With the help of a disbursement under the rapid financing instrument. That sounds really cool, doesn't it? The rapid financing instrument. Sounds like it's going to help you. Anyways, SDR $287.2 million approved in April 2020 are supporting a strong recovery. So they are giving themselves a pat on the back for the work that El Salvador has done. Okay, before <laughs> we continue with this article, I don't know how many people know what SDRs are. I really didn't know what they were. Um, so from the IMF webpage itself, went to go get their Q&A on what SDRs are. We're not going to go through the whole entire thing, but we're going to give everybody a broad picture. Here we go. Cre they are created by the IMF in 1969 to supplement other reserve assets of member countries. The value of the SDR is set daily by the IMF on the basis of fixed currency amounts of the currencies included in the SDR basket and the daily market exchange rates between the currencies included in the SDR basket. Okay, they set a price for this stuff every day. Okay, that, that's, that's really what they're telling you. Anyways, SDRs can be held and used by member countries, the IMF and certain designated official entities called prescribed holders. But it cannot be held, for example, by private entities or individuals. Its status as a reserve asset derives from the commitments of members to hold and exchange SDRs and accept the value of SDRs as determined by the fund, which is the IMF fund. The SDR also serves as the unit of account of the IMF and some other international organizations and financial obligations may also be denominated in SDR. So what they're telling you is they print their own form of money and they pay their debts with this form of money. And if they choose that it's a valid form of payment, you have to accept it. It's very, it's very interesting. We'll, uh, we'll finish this up on the SDRs and go back to the article. General allocations of SDRs should meet a long-term goal need to supplement existing reserve assets in a manner that will promote the attainment of the IMF's purposes and avoid economic stagnation and deflation, as well as excess demand and inflation, which is actually what's happening right now. And that these allocations should have the broad support of SDR Department participants so if you ask me they are printing their own money at a higher level that's that's what i've understood from that that's what the imf is doing the imf is a is a central bank to the central bankers and they are printing their own currency anyways let's go back now now that we understand what sdrs are and how they helped el salvador do do miracles supposedly let's go back to to this article as to why bitcoin's so bad Public debt is expected to rise to about 96% of GDP in 2026 on an unsustainable path. What's the okay? public debt of the U.S.? I think it's much higher than that. The United States <laughs> recorded a government debt to GDP of 
Really? And, and we're worried about El Salvador's. It's, it's just unmanageable, Nico. It's unmanageable at 96%. Pay no attention to my 128. Okay? Anyways, here we go. Since September 2021, the government has adopted Bitcoin as legal tender. Large risks for financial and market integrity, financial stability, and consumer protection. It also can create contingent liabilities. Okay. That was the single piece that was covered in the Reuters article. That, that one little, the, those three lines that I just read to you guys. All right, let's continue. Directors agreed on the importance of boosting financial inclusion and noted that digital means of payment such as the Chivo e-wallet could play this role. Here we go again, guys. I'm going to sound like a broken record. They stress that there are large risks associated with the use of Bitcoin on financial stability, financial integrity, and consumer protection, as well as the associated fiscal contingent liabilities. They urge the authorities to narrow the scope of the Bitcoin law by removing Bitcoin's legal tender status. Some directors also expressed concern over the risks associated with issuing Bitcoin-backed bonds. Now, what did I actually say there? I said nothing. I couldn't express to you what was actually wrong with Bitcoin, why it was detrimental to El Salvador as legal tender status. And, and that is exactly what they're doing over and over again. They say these words that imply these, you know, painful emotions, these financially painful emotions. But they never back it up with any actual data because the actual data shows the complete opposite. And as we continue to show the receipts, we continue to show the complete opposite. Man. <laughs> I don't know uh, what else, man. <laughs> it's, no, it, it's, it's so sad, you it's, know? It, it's infuriating, bro, because, look, if you break down the numbers, right, um, Matt, this is a fact, right, is that more people have downloaded the Chivo wallet than have a traditional banking account, right? So they're so concerned about financial inclusion. Obviously, they're not so concerned about it because um, I see that as a success, right? Uh, they're not talking about up to the 20% that El Salvadorians are saving on remittance fees alone versus uh, Western Union. They're not talking about that. Um, they're talking about these vague boogie monsters that we don't see. Uh, El Salvador's GDP, which they mentioned at the beginning, they said that was due to the SDR that they give, grew considerably um, this year, right? Um, Maybe that has something to do with Bitcoin. Maybe that doesn't have to do with Bitcoin. I'm sure the IMF was giving money to El Salvador beforehand. El Salvador hasn't seen that level of GDP growth in a long time. Um, so, you know, they take credit when it does well, but they don't take credit when it doesn't do well. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, look, uh, this is what winning looks like. This They're having a meltdown. Um, don't miss, make no mistake. But at the same time, like a wounded animal trapped into a, pushed into a corner, that's when they're the most vicious. Um, so I, I just expect more pushback. Um, we've, you know, I, I expect the rhetoric to increase, uh, the aggressive rhetoric, like we've already seen. But I think that the corporate media has burnt themselves out to such a point that they've just lo lost the public trust. And I think that the world event that we can't speak of on YouTube happening right now, I think, highlighted that. I think Joe Rogan having 11 million viewers per episode and then someone like CNN having less than a million per episode, I think really highlights what I'm talking about, what people, their distrust in the corporate media machine. 
So I, I don't know what type of rhetoric they're going to try to use. Perhaps they're going to say El Salvador has weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I'm, I'm, cautious, I'm cautiously optimistic. But look, this is what winning looks like. This is, this is exactly what you should be seeing, right? And the fact that you have Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump agreeing on one subject matter should also make you extremely bullish that Bitcoin is disrupting the powers that be. Um, and I think that they've gone through every single possible option in their head. Uh, how do we capture this? How do we corrupt this? And they can't figure it out. And they can't stand that Bitcoin levels the playing field between everybody. Um, and they're so used to operating in a system where they have an unfair advantage. And uh, these central bankers, they're just going to have to swallow it and deal with it. The, the faster you come to terms with it, the faster you're going to be able to stack faster you're able to stack better it is for you the more you fight bitcoin go ahead fight the honey badger it's meant to be attacked anyways kaz what are your thoughts on this oh phil you wanted yeah. to say something just before we go to kaz i just because you mentioned the sdrs in in your comment i just wanted to give people some some context right this is a this is a tweet from laser hodl okay all the central banks had to do was attach the creation of credit to the emergence of the global state and disguise it in crisis management and Take a look. These, this is the SDR allocations, okay? And here you go. You can see the years, and you can see what the allocations are. So to your point, right, could that be affecting, affecting Bitcoin? Because there's a whole bunch of money being printed at a higher level that is not going into the general supply, so to speak. So, yeah, there's, this is unraveling quick. Anyways, I'm sorry, Kaz. You, you're good. So what kills me about this artic article in particular is like they always describe it under this guise of protection, right? Like they're saying they need to stabilize prices or they, you know, they need consumer protection. And in reality, we need protection from like the real culprits, which are the central banking cartel that basically mm -hmm. act as these economic hitmen that come into these developing countries and they just financially pillage them with loans that they can never repay. Um, uh, that's what all I have to say about that issue. I mean, the IMF is just scared. Um, as for the SDR stuff, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about it. You gave a great introduction, but it seems to me like the, it's just another conduit for CBDCs in the future, right? If you can create this new global, like it has a US dollar exchange rate and it's set globally by these three letter, you know, transnational entities. Like what, what the hell is that? It's not a sovereign currency. It's not backed by real goods or services. Where is that coming from? So... I mean that that just blows my mind that they're even there these you know multinational organizations are setting a new currency essentially didn't ask anybody didn't didn't it's not backed by anything other than just corporate like elites yeah 100% and what's really <laughs> fucked up right and uh, you know Naim Bukele tweeted about the United Fruit Company right and you know the the neo-colonialism that America has a history of specifically in Central America and there you have it once again right you have an institute an international institution dictating what the sovereign people of El Salvador should do with their money or not and they're acting like it's like even though this passed with the vast majority in your legislate in your legislation we still believe that you should change this uh, kind of make the analogy that that's the equivalent of like an international organization asking the u.s government to circumvent congress and just change yeah, the rules exactly. of the game for their benefit <laughs> like 
these people are insane. Like, and they hide behind the moral virtue and they hide behind very big words, right? They did the same thing in 2008, uh, 2009, mortgage-backed securities. What happened was very simple. Main Street bailed out Wall Street and the game has been really, it's just gotten worse ever since, man. And their solution to that was just print more money and uh, here we are today, man. The, the worst wealth inequality that we've had in America in a very, very long time. And that's due to the fiat money printer. And it's created a whole group of f***ing nut job elites, excuse my language, called the contillionaire class. Anyways. Yeah. And, and right, and so when we look at these institutions, the IMF was created after the last war, after the last world war, and we had Brenton Woods, we re-architected the entire financial system. Now we have in the last two years, the most SDRs that have ever been printed, right? So we have a war on COVID. Now they're talking about World War Three. It's no surprise that the IMF is stepping back up and stepping in and helping these countries, giving out more loans, creating more credit in the system, right as we're talking about another massive war. Why is that? It's because the whole financial system is fucked and they need an excuse. That's the reality. That's One. right. You gotta, yeah. right? You gotta sit there, pay attention to this hand so nobody sees what this hand is doing. You know? War in Ukraine that no one asks for. Forget about the <laughs> default. But yeah, you're absolutely right. These people are psychopaths. But don't worry. Bitcoin fixes this. It is going to get very rocky before it gets better. So it's very important that you do take your Bitcoin off exchange, take it into self custody be a part of the peaceful revolution. But anyways, Phil, it's time for the Daily Meme Review. The Daily Meme Review is brought to you by Citadel 21. Do you, do you want an actual magazine written by Bitcoiners? Are you tired of bullshit? Then you need to get Citadel 21. It's stories, articles, comics, by actual toxic Bitcoiners. And it's scarce. There's only a thousand copies made per volume. What the f are you waiting for? Get your print of Citadel 21 today. First meme is brought to us by bullish underscore BTC. Someone report a murder. This really isn't a meme. <laughs> it, but but it, it kind of is. I'm simultaneously. <laughs> it is, right? I am simultaneously arguing with a, a both a predominant ETH and Solana Labs employee. Key takeaway. Maybe all blockchains are just shit. Cal Calvinari, original Bitcoin works. And he's talking about Bitcoin SV. The price of Bitcoin SV is currently lower than it was at the bottom of the I have to beep that word. By comparison, if ETH had performed similarly poorly, ETH would currently be at $15. Soul would be pennies. Truly a remarkably failed grift. Two years of nonstop bull market since uh, crash. Record inflation. All markets up. BSV, meanwhile, over 75% down on his January 2022 prices. There isn't much that impresses me in crypto, but my God, Calvin. This is impressive. An asset so bad it went down while they printed money out of thin air. You might be the only investor in existence that managed to underperform the U.S. dollar in the last two years. At least it makes you special. That is absolutely freaking hilarious. Calvin hilarious. is totally a scammer. He's just trying to – doesn't want people to rug pull him. Anyways, uh, there's a tweet by Mr. Robot replying to this. Um, no, it doesn't affect my baby. It's, you know, pregnant smoking cigarette. And this and the baby 12 years later, <laughs> Bitcoin oh has been brutal, brutal, savage. Anyways, Hank Hogan, funny how Bitcoin works two weeks ago, today, <laughs> two weeks later. Absolutely accurate. Uh, moving on to the next one. This is by Hoddle, ex Hoddle. Grow up and get a real job. Have fun staying poor, bitchy. I'm on Sats things. 
<laughs> I love the cat. All right. Uh, this is by Tabakan Dan. Corporate Tabarnak Dan. Thank you, Phil. Corporate My pleasure. Corporate press propaganda. Memes. Highly accurate. Yep. Highly accurate. One. Very, very good. And for that, Phil, I'm going to give it a key that no one knows what it does. I'm going to give it... Oh, I've already given this key. I'm going to give it... The You're going to have to drink maple syrup. Yeah, yeah, fine, fine. Okay, I'm going to give it the F7 key. See? F7. What about you, Phil? Nobody nobody really uses that key. That's an interesting one. It's unknown. I heard if Very you press it, you press it, your Bitcoin gets sent to the Genesis address. That's awful. Just Well, I mean, at least you do it for the community, but it's still awful for you. All right. I am giving it, I am giving it this... Bitcoin wood magnet thingy. That's racist. Ooh, that's right. Thingy. It's made of wood. Anyways, cause. Magnet thingy. Cause. What would you give those memes? I'm gonna I'm gonna go on camera real quick for this one. I'm gonna give this one a uh, Jack Mallory's closet. Ooh. Jack never had that. Jack Mahler's <laughs> closet. Anyways, awesome, awesome, legendary scores. I think he beat us. He totally did beat us. Um, <laughs> he totally beat us. <laughs> anyways, guys, if you we agree with our scores, <laughs> we always get beat. If you agree with our scores, you disagree, let us know down in the comment section if you know what the F7 key is. And of course, join our Telegram group. Link us some Bitcoin memes to review because the Bitcoin meme review, we need Bitcoin memes to review because then it wouldn't be a Bitcoin meme review. It would just be a meme review, but we wouldn't have memes because you didn't link us to us, so it wouldn't be anything, and that's <laughs> sad. And, of course, make sure to subscribe to us on alternative video platforms like Rumble.com and our personal favorite, BitcoinTV.com. They don't censor there because Bitcoin TV. But anyways, Phil, it's time for the daily news. Do you like 3D printed stuff? But you're too lazy to make your own? Well, you should check out CryptoCloaks.com. He makes the best 3D printed Bitcoin merch. Like the 3D printed Bitcoin art grenade opens up. You put your favorite hardware wall in there. Really cool stuff. Or the awesome, really dope 3D printed Bitcoin honey badger comes in three different, I would like to say shapes and sizes because that's what they say, but it's really just sizes. Anyways, take advantage of the link down below for 5% off CryptoCloaks.com. All right, Phil, it looks like we were on point once again. Uh, we were speculating last week about the Fed releasing their version of their shitcoin white paper. Mind you, their white paper, or they called it a discussion paper, was 40 pages, and Bitcoin white paper is nine pages, okay? Every shitcoin paper just happens to be really long, longer than Bitcoin. Anyways, um... That's a signal right there. Um, if you know, you don't. If you don't know, anyways, you should keep watching the show. Anyways, um, Bank of America says a digital U.S. dollar is inevitable, right? Oh, we said that as well, right? Before Bank of America, it looks like Bank of America is watching Simply Bitcoin. Anyways, the U.S. will likely move forward with its own digital currency with issuance occurring between 2025 and 2030, according to Bank of America Corp. And that's funny because the World Economic Forum says you will own nothing and be happy by 2030. Anyways, U.S. government-backed coins, also known as central bank digital currencies, are an inevitable evolution of today's electronic currencies. Strategist Alakesh Shah and Andrew Moss wrote in a report Monday. In the meantime, use of digital currencies issued by private entities will probably grow, they said. Now, again, 
here is this wording that they used in the Financial Times. They use when private banks, when centralized, ah, Freudian slip, when central banks, really private banks, um, issue their currency. We consider those privately issued. I think the dollar is privately issued. I think Bitcoin is publicly issued, right? Anyone could mine Bitcoin, right? Not everyone could make dollars, right? Um, but anyways, uh, just... You know, pay attention to the wording because it's important. But to let's let's give you know let's let's give him the let's give this article the benefit of the doubt. Let's say they're talking about stable coins, right? Let's put Bitcoin aside. Let's say they're they're talking about stable coins. Anyways, uh, the article goes on to say the Federal Reserve discussed developing its own coin in a thirty-five. No, it wasn't thirty-five. It was forty fucking pages. Anyways, paper last week saying the paper was just a first step. Maybe they they were referencing the 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 reference pages, dude. I am a hundred percent right about this. There's no way this thing is forty pages. I think that's a typo. There's easily five pages of references. Easily. That that is definitely a typo. Anyways, um, I'm gonna make a correction. If it is forty pages. I'm not, I'm not going to make a correction. If it isn't 40 pages, then I'll make a correction. Anyways, saying the paper was just a first step and didn't intend to proceed without support from the White House and Congress. A digital dollar could have a range of benefits, such as making cross-border payments cheaper and faster. What does this sound like to you? However, it noted several potential risks as well, including possible runs on financial firms and a reduction in the amount of, of deposits in the banking system. In the absence of a U.S. central bank digital currency, stable coins, digital currencies issued by private companies, right? So I was right. I'm not giving no no more giving them the benefit of the doubt, right? They're including stable coins and digital currencies, and they're all saying they're issued by private companies, and that is true about shit coins, right? But that is not true about Bitcoin. Anyways, typically pegged to the U.S. dollar and other fiat currencies to avoid wild price swings will likely flourish in the near term, according to strategy. Okay, so maybe they are talking about stable coins. Point is, though, right, is that these articles really kind of get you into the mind of a lot of these psychopaths, (laughs) bankers, man, and the way that they see this. Um, They don't see Bitcoin as the innovation. They don't see Bitcoin easing cross-border payments they don't see strike easing cross-border payments it's completely oblivious to them and they're ignoring it completely on purpose and they're saying you still need us you still need the machine you still need us to function even though salvador has proved the exact opposite the fact is that an open monetary network is actually a lot more inclusive as much as they don't want you to believe that than the bullshit that they're asking the traditional banking system and one last point they would not be doing this if it wasn't for Bitcoin. This is how you know we're winning and connect this with what the IMF is saying, their meltdown. Connect this with the signals that the Fed is saying. Connect this with what Bank of America is saying. This is how you know we're winning. This is how you know they're melting down. This is how you know they're freaking out in the back room saying, how do we stay relevant? How do we maintain this power? And uh, yeah, so it's going to be a hell of a fight, though. This is this is far from over, Phil. Yeah, their dismissiveness in that article, right? Like that's that's the way I I understood that tone. Uh, There's like this dismissive tone. And to your point, they're the heroes that are here to save the day. We're going to introduce this digital dollar. And it's hilarious, right? They're talking about making cross-border payments cheaper and faster. It's like Bitcoin already does this. It, it already does this. You, you, don't, you don't need to, you know, 
they're reinventing the wheel again, and they're pretending that they're not reinventing the wheel. That's the funny part. And sadly, right? Sadly, so many people pay attention to, you know, the corporate-owned media that they actually, sadly, they believe a lot of this information. There's a lot of people that believe this crap. So, unfortunately, we, we do have an, uh, like, it is an uphill battle, right? Like, there is an uphill battle. Um, but I do, I'm bullish as to the people that are in government right now, people like Cynthia Loomis, right? Um, like Senator uh, Warren Davidson, right? That are talking about Bitcoin, that are standing up for Bitcoin, and that are actually standing up for freedom. So I do have some hope. Remember, they have to rely on coercion, right? Bitcoin, it's just incentives, right? It, we have much better incentives than they do. They have to force this down people's throat. Where in Bitcoin, people adopt Bitcoin out of their own free will because it's just better right um and that's just good to keep in mind anyways cause what are your what are your thoughts on the impending dark cloud of central bank digital currencies <laughs> heading towards us so as you were reading this uh i had just memes flashing through my mind it's like you start to see in memes like once you get in bitcoin for a while and so i had two in particular one was bank america i thought of the one of the meme that's just like the adventures of the man who just started paying attention it's like yeah of course bank of america we're gonna have a central bank digital currency in the next who knows eight years um that's been talked about for a while and then the next one that popped in my head was like a mix of that meme along with like the church and the gun behind somebody's head and it's like a, even another layer deep is like the fed saying like they're they're just now paying attention to this right they're five six years late to corporate blockchains fucking jp morgan has been doing this and trying to do this since 2016 with the enterprise ethereum alliance being like leading some of the development around ethereum and all of the other private like permissioned coins that have been tried to create in corporate America. They all fail. Like, it's absolutely insane that we're going back around to this corporate blockchain bullshit that they're going to come around and like, this is the innovation. When we have a working open monetary system right now that both of you guys already said, we solve all these cross-border payment problems right now with something that does not rely on any institution or entity and doesn't rely on coercion. Like, so the part that I'm bullish about is these people are so freaking incompetent. I don't even believe that they'll have a working CBDC digital dollar out in the next five years. Like they're, they're truly so behind the ball in what this actually is and how profound of a movement it is. Like th by the time they get something out, we're likely to be deep in hyper Bitcoinization anyway. So, I mean, I, I'm bullish and I, I think it's all just like the next stage of like centralized institutions trying to come around and create some way for them to have more control. But ultimately, they're just freaking incompetent. And that's why Bitcoin destroys them all. Absolutely. Very, very good points. I think Jack Mahler says it best, right? They're, they're trying to create intranets while Bitcoin is the Internet, right? It's an open network. Um, and this was before my time, but I definitely read a lot about it. And essentially, the reason that a lot of these intranets failed is because they they were closed systems, so they weren't constantly being stress tested. Think about all the stress tests that Bitcoin has gone through, whether it was the China ban, whether it's the fork wars, right? And the honey badger doesn't care. It's still here, right? Um, which is absolutely insane. And, you know, a country did make it legal tender and a company public company a couple public companies put it on their asset sheet speaking of public companies check this out um and i know this seems like noise but let me tell you guys why this is a lot of signal um 
Kaz actually mentioned this earlier on the show, and he he referenced it, but I didn't want to dive deep because we had this article. Um, but essentially, MicroStrategy will continue buying uh, Bitcoin buying unfazed by market plummeting, right? And here's the thing. They have no choice. Sailor has no choice but to do this, right? He's bet his future. He's bet his company's future on Bitcoin, right? He's put all his cards, all his coins in one basket like we all have. All Most Bitcoiners or at least us on Simply Bitcoin. And pretty sure cause as well, right? Um, but just to give you guys some reference, right? All this is just noise, right? It's like, oh, it's going down. Sailor went on a on a Bloomberg show and was like, yeah, of course we're going to keep buying, you know, to, to give those investors confidence. But this is what actually matters, right? The average price that that MicroStrategy acquired those 124,000 Bitcoin was at 30,159. Now, if we break that level, which my spidey senses are telling we have a high probability that we will um that's when sailor starts earning his stripes that level is so key because essentially that's when naim bukele looks like an asshole that's when michael sailor looks like a dumbass right that's when they really they start feeling the stress test right that's when they really you know all things are off, right? That's when they really earn their stripes. And that level is a very important psychological support to people as well. But there's always opportunity when there's blood on the streets. And the opportunity is this. All those institutions that feel like they missed the boat, seeing Bitcoin go from 30 to 69K, seeing MicroStrategy stock explode, here is a hell of an opportunity to get into bitcoin here is the opportunity that everyone's been waiting for you're you finally have an opportunity to get in at a cheaper price a potential cheaper price than michael saylor right so i don't know man i i think uh i think this is gonna get exciting what do you think phil yeah, this is also the time when a lot of people start sending you DMs and they're like, and then, and, and you've got the no coiners that start gloating, you know, that start thinking like, see, I told you it's dead. It's a 30K. <laughs> Anyways, uh, look, you know, to your point about Michael Saylor, um, the last time when we were at, uh, when we were at 60, uh, when we went to 29K the first time, right? When we went to 64K, then pulled back to 29K, his average purchasing price was much lower back then. So now, <laughs> so now... You're, to your point, you know, that this is where they start earning the stripes because, yeah, there, there's a lot of us. We, we've, you know, we've been in the red in, in the previous in the previous cycles. Uh, so we know exactly what that pain is about. Um, look, you know what? I think that I think that it's important. I, I think that it's important that we believe it or not, that we go through this. Right. That This is an emerging asset. If it was completely flat and it was constantly just up and to the right, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Yes, I know. Everybody be thrilled, right? It'll be, uh, it's amazing, but it's kind of weird and kind of sketchy. So <laughs> to me, I'm actually pleased that we're doing this. Um, but unfortunately, you know, at the same time, I still would like to, you know, I, I still think that, 
I still would like to see the 60K levels with this kind of activity and this buying instead of the 30K level. Psychologically, right? It's, a, it's all psychological because it doesn't matter. It's an emerging asset. If we believe in hyper-Bitcoinization, then we believe that everything will be denominated in BTC. So it really is irrelevant on the day-to-day -day fluctuations. But I know that that's very difficult. And the last point that I wanted to make has to do with... Um, you were talking about stacking at, at these lower levels. It's one of the things that I found very difficult the first time I went through this cycle was to retrain myself to get excited uh, about dips. And I know that that sounds completely insane, but the money that people make is not on things that they're buying on the, on the way up, right? It's, it's having that conviction when everything looks at its worst but there's an information asymmetry there where if you have enough conviction and you've understood what you've bought, you've understood that that's a temporary market fluctuation. And, and so there has to be this retraining that, that goes on where when you see these types of moves, instead what really happens is it's like, oh yeah, you know, like I wish it was worth more, but then it's like, oh, I wish I had more that I could buy. Like I wish I had more so that I could buy. So th 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 there's, a lot, th there's a lot of that going on. Absolutely. Cause, what are your, what are your thoughts on this, man? Yeah. Um, so I didn't know that uh, his average cost was, what was it, 30000 like 100 something. Um, I think that's an interesting level because we've barely gone below that pretty much since we've been above it. I think we hit like 29 in July or something, and it was like for a short little blip. Um, so, Nico, I actually kind of disagree with you here. I, I, I think it's super interesting um, that companies could come in and they could like you know take advantage of this low cost and great get a great you know buy-in price i don't think we're going to see that i think the whole world's still like i this is part of being a bitcoiner is like you sort of uh you start to at least in my experience i give the world too much credit i thought at this point we would be like 150k you know people would be start piling in and people would be starting to figure this shit out and here we are still we're back at 30k or whatever 35 or whatever it is today and it does not seem like the world is really figuring out what this thing is i don't think i don't have any trust either in in, in public companies either that they understand what it is either i think a lot of people uh that are running public companies just don't understand the incentive structure and they, they don't have the incentives themselves to adopt this. That's my opinion. Um, and it, I think it'll, that'll change. I think it's going to come at a much higher price though. And you know, we're not going to see as many of these thought leaders like Michael Saylor who have the balls to, you know, have 130,000 Bitcoin or anything like that. Absolutely. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head, um, in terms of the price action, Let's wait and see. Um, I've been, you know, it's just, man, you, you, you've been long enough in this market that anything goes, <laughs> right? So I'm just like preparing myself from the worst. And I know I'm not the only one saying this. Um, but yeah, uh, let's see what happens. But I agree. Um, anyways, the, the news here, I think the signal is that, man, whatever does happen, it's an awesome time to buy Bitcoin. And if the price goes down... Um, you've used leverage or you just don't know enough about Bitcoin. Because if you reach a level of knowledge of Bitcoin, then there is no such thing as Bitcoin going down. It's just whether at what price are people selling their Bitcoin for your shitcoin, which is a dollar, of course, or whatever fiat currency you have in your country. Um, and, you know, I can't believe people are actually buying my dollars for Bitcoin. That's what I can't believe, right? 
But anyways, Phil, there was an open source software release today. Why don't you tell everybody about it? Software releases. The software releases are brought to you by CypherSafe. Check them out. CypherSafe.io. Store your seed in the Cypher Grid, all new Cypher Grid, or the Cypher Wheel. And maybe at some point I'm going to break my microphone. The link is down below. All right, everyone, we've got Onion Share version 2.5 that was released. That is down below in the show notes. Guys, remind you this every single day, rain or shine, Monday through Saturday, we post our episodes unless we tell you we don't. And we also have audio only. Don't forget to check us out. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. And if you want to stream us sats, you can go through. We are on Fountain FM. Awesome. Thank you, Phil. All right, guys, that was our show. Before we go, I want to give a very special shout out to our awesome guest. You can go give him a follow on Twitter at BTCCast, and you can go check out his awesome podcast called Down the Rabbit Hole. It's on Anchor. We'll put the link down below. Anyways, guys, that was the show. If you enjoyed the show, smash that like button. And of course, if you want to continue hearing the Bitcoin news from the Fleet Club perspective and the catastrophic fails from the central bankers and the IMF and all those evil ass people, definitely consider subscribing to a Bitcoin-only show by actual Bitcoiners. Simply Bitcoin. And we'll see you tomorrow, guys, in a brand new episode. The central bankers keep reinventing the wheel over and over again, and they don't think we notice.